2: Phil Mackey. That boy is crazy. Judd Zolgad. I like the guy, yeah. but he says goofy stuff. Mm-hmm. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. We're looking to add wings. I think every team is faced with the same challenges, and it's how you handle those challenges. Uh, and the whole idea is to keep getting better. So, um, some, you know, oftentimes you agree on things, sometimes there may be some disagreements, but it's all about, you know, improvement, Winning is the ultimate goal for everyone. And when you sit down and you talk to any of the players, or whether you're talking to Glenn or Scott, uh, I know w- where the heart is. And everyone wants to win. That doesn't mean we agree on everything, but for most things we do agree upon. So you
1: communicate and you map out your plan and you move forward. All right. Tom Thibodeau, talking generically about...
0: You map out that plan, Sorry,
1: Phil. Saying things about basketball, but not telling you what he really thinks. John Krasinski from The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash NBA is a great place to find uh, all of The Athletic's NBA coverage. Uh, Johnny, thank you for joining us. Let me start you with this, with this question, because you wrote a great piece just sort of chronicling the dynamic and, the dynamic between Carl Anthony Towns and the organization and going through some of the rumors, how would you characterize the relationship between Towns and Tibbs and also Towns and
3: Butler? Yeah, I, I would think, I think that um, the the simple way to put it is that it needs improvement. Now, um, I don't think it's failing. I don't think that they're past a the point of no return and there's acrimony and and things like that i i i I don't i don't think we're there i mean we've seen many instances over the years of other players who and maybe even in san antonio right now saying look i want out of here like this is this is not working type of a situation that's not what it is with carl Towns, as i reported in that story there's been no trade uh demands by towns there's been the, the wolves are not any entertaining any trade uh involving carl anthony Towns. so but at the same time, there certainly is a personality difference that has created a bit of a disconnect. I mean, Kibbs and Butler both are these real grinders, super intense, and and they're veteran guys. They've both been around the block quite a lot. Quite, quite a lot. Carl Anthony Towns is a worldly guy, and he's um, he, he's still young. He's twenty two years old. He's still figuring this thing out. And so, I I, I just think that. The, they, there hasn't been sort of the coming together and the meshing that does need to happen if this organization is going to take the next step. It's going to take some communication this summer as they talk about extensions for towns and things like that. Um, it can happen, but there's still work that needs to be done there for sure.
0: Hey, Johnny, how much do you think... It impedes things that the fact that Cat doesn't have probably uh, a high-ranking executive or a head coach to go to. If if Tibbs was just his coach, he could probably go to the GM and say, "Yeah, Tibbs, you know, rubs me the, the wrong way. I like it here." But or if if it was he he could go to the coach and talk about the, the fact that, that the executive staff and and Cat don't necessarily mesh perfect. But how much do you think it potentially impedes things? The fact that Tibbs is judge, jury, and. basically... Basically, uh, for Carl, there's no no one to default to, to go to, to talk about what he might not like.
3: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's always been kind of one of the pitfalls of this setup of the coach and the president being the same person. And um, yeah, I wrote this last week too. Is that uh, Tibbs is essentially the last one who is like this. I mean, we they've tried it in L.A. and Atlanta and Detroit and a few other places. And none of those guys are there anymore or or they've been demoted from president just to head coach and and so it, it is a model that is sort of an endangered species and so if you go about it that way with Tibbs as the kind of overall leader and then Scott Layden as the GM but really as kind of an underling um, the 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 key to success there is if Tim isn't, isn't like the great communicator, if he isn't the Steve Kerr, Kumbaya type, that's not the, the, that's not essential. But then you need somebody like that in the GM role, someone who can fill in those gaps. And Scott Layden has not done that yet. He's much more of the scout, um, sort of X's and O's kind of a person and, and, and is not great at communication either. And so, uh, that's why there's this vacuum that sort of exists in the current structure, and that does need to to be rectified. Either either Tibbs or Laden have to be more outgoing that way and more communicative and engaging, or they got to figure out another way because um, that, that, that that is one of the prof- one of the frustrations that several players have had with kind of the the the, the way things are set up over there.
0: So, John, the the Wolves made the playoffs for the first time after a 13-year absence. They won 16 more games, so they definitely took some steps forward. But my, the word that keeps coming to mind for me when looking at how all this is playing out, Johnny, is dysfunction. Is that too strong, or do do you think that that's accurate just as far as— and it's not out-and-out dysfunction that's terrible, but it just seems like there's a lot of dysfunctional parts here.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, I think for me dysfunction is probably too strong of a word, but what I will say is there has it's been a um a troubling amount of sort of these rumors and these little brush fires that keep coming up through the off season, whether it's Towns, whether it's uh Butler being upset with Wiggins, whether it's uh you know, you kind of firing some of the staff without maybe uh, letting people know about it, the Rick Brunson situation, you know, there's all of these things that, these little dramas that keep coming forward that depict an organization that isn't necessarily all on the same page. And, um, again, I, I think those things can be fixed. They can um, be addressed and rectified. But, it's certainly not quite the narrative or the, the dynamic that you want to see and expect out of a team that did just win forty seven games and that that did make the playoffs for the first time in fourteen years. You would think that there would be just an overall feeling of everything is great and, and we're we're going in the right direction and momentum is, is going the right way and 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 there hasn't been that, that necessarily that feeling. So that's why Judd I think it's just an enormous summer for Tibbs and Laid. They have to be able to make some moves whether it's free agency draft or trade to upgrade this roster and and also to kind of continue to build the relationships with the younger guys that need to happen for the success that they had last year to be able to su- be sustained going forward
1: you know andrew wiggins johnny Kay is such a well i mean this is stating the obvious a critical piece but even more so than just hey he needs to play better i mean th- Andrew Wiggins' minutes load could impact what they do with their mid-level exception. Like if you're having a conversation with Avery Bradley or with Cantavius Caldwell-Pope, and those guys are used to playing 30 minutes a night, and even even have their eyes on starting. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the roster saying, "Well, Jimmy Butler is going to play 37 minutes, and you got Jeff Teague under contract at point guard over there, and Andrew Wiggins has, has traditionally played the most minutes of anyone in the NBA." Um, is to what degree can they improve this roster knowing what we know about Tom Thibodeau's starters minutes and the way that the organization has has used Andrew Wiggins to this point?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's one of the challenges or one of the very first questions that Tom and Scott are going to hear from agents and from prospective free agents this summer when they sit down with them is, are you actually going to play me? Uh, you know... Tibbs played as starters far more than any, uh, than any other coach in the league last year. Part of that was out of necessity because the bench really struggled. Um, but part of that is also, too, just he, he's very set in his rotations and who he trusts and, 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 and who he wants out there. And so per, assuming that Andrew Wiggins does not get traded this summer, there really isn't going to be a starting spot for them to offer when it comes uh, to free agent time. And they also don't have a ton of money to offer when it comes to free agent time. So if you can't offer money and you can't offer huge playing time, um, that's going to make it a challenge. Now, what, what what a lot of people are thinking is not, there, there are not a lot of teams out there this summer that are going to have a ton of money to spend. And so um, you know, maybe the market dries up, Maybe, uh, there are some guys who at first wouldn't take a, a bench role, um, or, or do want a starter's role like an Avery Bradley, like a Will Barton, who maybe miss out on that and then have to come back around. And, and that might open some things up. But it absolutely, the Tibbs and Layden are going to have to be very convincing in these meetings that even if there, there isn't a starting spot open, that he is going to play the bench a lot more than he did last yeah. year. And, and i think there'll there'll be some skepticism on that.
1: What's your read on what happens with Bielitza? It would seem that in today's NBA that there's probably a lot of teams that look at him and say, "You know what? He might not be the perfect player, but boy, well, he can shoot threes, he can handle the ball a little bit, that he might be if if other teams were to uh, you know, to get their hands on him with a restricted free agency offer sheet. What where do you think the Wolves fit in here? Are they in love with him? Are they ready to renounce his rights? Do they match? What do you think?
3: Well, they would like to have him back, Phil, because um, they can go over the cap to keep him. Yeah. Um, But if they were to lose him, they wouldn't have as much money to spend uh, in free agency to try and replace him. So uh, just by that virtue, they would like to have him back. And he does have a skill set that is coveted. So I'm going to be really intrigued to see what kind of offers that Bealita gets in the free agent market because he does have that skill set that is very attractive in this uh, new modern NBA he also has dealt with some injuries. He didn't play a whole lot down the stretch. So it's not like his value was super sky high. Like he has this huge resume of accomplishment that, that teams are going to slobber over. But I do think that he's going to get a lot of interest from teams. And I, 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 I anticipate that there's a really good chance he's going to get an offer that is just too rich for the Wolves to match because they also want to try and stay under the luxury tax, and yeah. they want to uh, to have enough money for Butler in the future and for towns and all of this, so it's going to be delicate and it's going to be not easy to do. So, um, you know, Bealita loves it here. He loves. He wants to live in Minneapolis. His family loves it here. But I think he might ultimately get priced out of uh, of staying with the Wolves.
0: Uh, Johnny, back to the bench and veteran guys are potentially signing here. What is your sense after talking to uh, Jamal Crawford? What is your sense of what's going to happen when, when a guy who seems to be very popular throughout the league, and I'm guessing that if you're a veteran guy considering uh, coming here, you're going to call uh, Jamal and use him as a sounding board. What do you think he's going to say? Because in re- reading your piece, Jamal was very classy, uh, but I sense it didn't go as he expected. And, and if I'm weighing two offers and the Wolves is one and I call Jamal, uh, j- just from an outsider's point, that seems to me like it could be
3: problematic. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Jamal has been in the league almost 20 years and he is one of the most popular players in the league. He's got great relationships everywhere. And, I, I, you know, look, he was very diplomatic and very complimentary uh, in the story that I wrote. Uh, and I think he believes that. I think that's just the way that he rolls. And he's not going to be one to rock the boat publicly, uh, about things. But if you read between the lines of some of those quotes, it's clear that there, that he, whatever he expected in free agency when he decided to sign, uh, here with the Wolves, uh, it didn't happen. Uh, and, and it didn't align with the reality of the situation. And so, um, for a guy who is 38 years old to turn down four and a half million dollars, and he's going to go somewhere else and probably, A, get less playing time, and, B, get less money, uh, that tells you that there was something that wasn't exactly right here. And and so um, I, I do think that he'll be frank with players on his experience, working with Tom Thibodeau, um, working with his coaching staff, working with the, the teammates that he had. And I don't think it's going to be a, a case where a free agent calls Gamal, Gamal totally bashes Tibbs in the organization and then they go somewhere else. But, um, I do think that he will be open with conversations about, yeah, just make sure that what they're telling you, you believe that they're going to deliver on. And again, in fairness to Thibodeau, um, Gamal was not great, in, especially in terms of defensively, but, but also was not, too, was not very efficient offensively, um, and, and did struggle. Uh, and so, and, and so, I don't know that he deserved twenty-eight or thirty minutes a night, but that's clearly what they had talked about in the free agency process, and it didn't uh, didn't come to fruition. Yeah.
1: Johnny, last thing, real quick for you, as a, as a lover of basketball and the NBA, just put your fan hat on for a second. Where, where, what's the most fun landing spot, realistically, for LeBron James?
3: For me, the the, the most fun would be Philadelphia. You know, Ooh. first of all, like I w- I would love for him to just say i'm staying in cleveland i won a championship i'm gonna ride this out this is my town uh this is my team um you know i don't have to prove anything more i'm just gonna do it the way that i that that i want to do it and stay here i don't think that's going to happen and and so then i'd love to see him go to philadelphia uh young team um incredibly talented but also wouldn't have to make any huge moves to accommodate him. They have enough cap space to bring him in. Um, I think he and Embiid and Simmons and Saric would be super fun to watch. I think that's that's the uh, the favorite in the East if if, if he goes there. Um, a, a bunch of great personalities too, and and he stays East and and balances things out. I I just you know I know the Lakers are a favorite and stuff right now, but. Um, I, I I would like I would I, w- I would rather not go come west and and he, continue the overload in between the two conferences. Yeah. So I, if he leaves, I hope he goes to Philly.
1: And if he if he went to Philadelphia, you could argue that they'd have the two best passing six foot nine guys or taller in the NBA. It'd be ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It'd be it'd be phenomenal. And and how much better Joel Embiid would be? How many wide open shop starts would get? And Reddick, if he were to come back, I mean, the the ball would move. Um, I would love it for Brett Brown, one of my favorite coaches in the league. I mean, it, w- it would be really fun to watch.
1: Thank you, Johnny. Thanks, Great job, John. theathletic.com slash NBA and uh, slash Timberwolves. Great stuff, man. Thanks, guys. See you. All right, let's come back and recap some of that. <laughs> That's a lot there. Uh, we'll get to Roy Smalley in about an hour from now too. Usually it's eleven thirty, but time change with the with because he's got pregame stuff today, so we'll get him on. Uh, Chris Lindall is an innovator, and Chris Lindall has gone. Uh, the extra step here to launch Chris Lindahl Real Estate, which is one of the most innovative things that's been done maybe ever in uh, the history of Minnesota real estate. Chris Lindahl and his team now have 100% control of their brand, which is uh, is good news for everyone. It's good news for those of us who are looking to sell our homes. It's good news for the industry because this is one of the most innovative groups in the country. The team is the same the relentless push to bring a fresh approach to the industry is the same. The generosity and giving back to the community, that's the same as well. But by becoming their own brokerage, Chris Lindahl and his team can now innovate as quickly as they want to. Uh, the shackles are off, so to speak. Find out what I've experienced personally working with Chris Lindahl and his team at ChrisLindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. They're giving away a free listing side commission now through June 29th. Or you can call 763 401 Attention!
2: Radio alert. Mackie and Judd now continue on 1500 ESPN. All was, right. This is good stuff from yeah, Johnny K. So
0: Johnny Krasinski said something uh, in that previous segment that absolutely makes my blood boil when it comes to our Timberwolves. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and No, I mean, this is, this is he's dead on accurate, but it absolutely, if you're a Wolves fan, you should be really P.O. About, about this. Bielitsa. Yeah. He said, I think that Bielitsa is going to draw interest from other teams in the league because essentially his style of play and, and his greatest assets fit into the game today perfectly. Yeah. And so teams are going to say, well, hold on a second. Yeah. He's been miscast, misused. We'd love to sign him. He's going to come here and be emboldened to shoot three-pointers mm-hmm. because he can do that. You watch Bielitsa play. And if he goes to, I don't care, take your pick. If he goes to another team and all of a sudden comes out with confidence consistently and Mm -hmm. shoots threes. And I guarantee you, if he does, he'll make them. You have now wasted something that you desperately need. Like, we've had all these discussions about the Wolves need three and D, and the Wolves need three guys that can come down and shoot Mm -hmm. threes. And those discussions are dead-on accurate. They're absolutely right. But you have a guy that that can do it. And when he's allowed to, he's good. But what happens the majority of the time? He's a shrinking violet because he's either benched or yelled at. That should make people upset that Krasinski and other people out there know very well that this guy is poised to go somewhere else and do exactly what you need him to do, but you don't allow yeah, that.
1: It's like it's it's weird. It's Think like, it you know what it is? So t- here, here's the analogy. Tom Thibodeau to Nemanja Bialica is like my dad and this iPhone we like I'll hand my dad the iPhone. He's like, what's this device? I don't know what this is. Like you can order food on this how did you get that car to show up and pick you up? I'm like, Oh, with, with this phone, he's like, doesn't know how to, you know, I, I don't know. I'm a flip phone guy or I'm a B elites. can shoot threes. He's like six foot nine and can, can run the point if needed. I'm not saying he would be your, he's not like Ben Simmons good uh, or LeBron James or anything, but he can dribble. He can handle, he can shoot. He can score inside when he, when he drives in, he can finish. I mean, there's, I don't know if he's a 35 minute a game horse type of a player, but do I think if a team knew how to use him in the right way and really unlock the two or three things that he's really good at, could he be a valuable rotation guy for 25 minutes? Yes. In fact, there were games, even in this imperfect fit, when Jimmy Butler was out and he was starting for a month and a half or whatever it was, there were games like he went, there was a game against the Celtics where he went, he played 40 minutes, scored 30 points grab 12 rebounds so he's a guy he's a guy who can do a lot of different things and they just haven't unlocked it yet. he's gonna frustrate you because he does get passive sometimes and he gets kind of whiny and he's some of those European uh, cliched stereotypical qualities that definitely apply to him. But I think he gets... Someone's going to give him a multi-year
0: contract, though. I think he gets passive because he, he knows that, that there's not the confidence that there should be in his game. Yeah. Imagine and him on gets the Rockets, at. right? And he, exactly. But, but how frustrating is that going to be? Does this guy need to go somewhere else and be successful for us to be like, oh, that would have worked perfect here. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice to have. Yeah, he's also... One
1: thing the Wolves have to their advantage, he's 29 years old, so he's, in terms of a multi-year contract, if we're talking matching a restricted free agency offer sheet... If he were 24 or 25, teams might look to sign him to a more lucrative contract than they would because he's 29 years old. So what the other thing Johnny mentioned about Bielitsa too, he's kind of a trigger point for luxury tax. And so if, if you're looking at paying him and you have to match a contract offer for him and then you bring on someone for a mid-level exception of $8 million and you're looking at luxury tax this year and next year, And it's all going to come down to Glenn Taylor's willingness or unwillingness to pay extra money for a roster that isn't going to beat the Golden State Warriors. And uh, like this is a conversation the Wolves never really had to have when they had Johnny Flynn as their point guard and Ryan Gomes was in the starting rotation. But this also
0: goes back to empowering people. Empowering them to do what they can do well with a bit of confidence. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing I hate more... Than when there's a guy on a team in this town on a roster and you're you're clamoring for a certain set of skills, that person leaves the team here. A particular set of skills. Goes somewhere else and has the success that you thought that team needed. That drives me crazy.
1: Yeah, B-Elites is probably gonna be that. Probably gonna be that. If some if someone comes in and says, like if the Orlando Magic come in and say, Hey, we got a bunch of we got money, we get whatever, we're just we're trying to figure this thing out. Three-year contract for $30 million or something. Yep. And the Wolves are like, God, we like Bielitsa. We can go over the cap to bring him back because he's one of our own. But if we're staring at a Carl Anthony Towns max contract and Wiggins is on the books and we want Jimmy Butler to sign a contract at some point, we can't have Bielitsa sitting there the other 31 years old in a couple years. So I could see a there are a lot of scenarios where he's not on the team. And like Johnny said, because you're over the cap, you don't just get to oh, we get to save seven million dollars and right. pay someone else.
0: And that's not how it works. The other problem too that he b- brought up was the need to have uh, Tibbs or Laden communicate with players in a fashion that actually works. And I think his words were that that one of them would need to change. Well, good luck with that. Who's changing Laden? I don't know. Probably not Tibbs. Not the most Tibbs, I can dudes. tell you, no way. Yeah. But you know, again, you now we're back into okay. Who can relate to Kat? Because that's basic this conversation is basically about your best player and who can it's not even that tough, but who but maybe before you go and fire his best friend, you call him up and talk to him about it. Maybe you make it very clear why. If you need to fire this guy, yeah. you make it very clear why. Not just, oh, we fired him. There's a word for that. It's called tact. Yeah. Have some tact. If you're gonna break some if if,
1: if you're gonna if something's gonna happen that upsets part of the team or part of the organization. Deliver the news with some tact. Hey, I know you're not going to like this, but here's why this is better for everyone, as opposed to, oh, deal with it. I'm the boss. Yep. Okay. Uh, what's coming up in questions next, David?
4: I've got one off Kevin McHale, uh, seemingly showing up to the Trump rally last night in Duluth. Also a little Wolves draft and twins as well.
1: And Royce Smalley in about 45 minutes. Mackie and Judd. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment.
2: No! no. no. I got. No. Now. I need it now. Yes. Yes. I can't wait. Mackie and Judd. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. I like these guys, but sometimes they think they're too damn smart. Mackie and Judd. Dummies. Mm -hmm. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and Judd. Do
0: you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance.
2: The Rock knows how you feel about pie.
1: We're looking to add wings.
2: The Rock knows
0: how you feel about pie.
1: Boy, Peru just missed their chance here. Peru had a two on one, call it a, an odd man rush, if you will. Hit the side of the net? Against France. Is that what just happened? They did a tic tac toe little one timer thing, and the dude hit the side of the net. Ugh. <laughs> depressing. France up 1 0 on Peru. This one is a must. Nil. 1 0. Sorry. This is a must-draw game for Peru, by the way. If they don't draw, their World Cup is effectively over. What if they win? Well, then that's good. Then That'd they, be then, good. They, then they don't advance for sure, but they definitely stay alive. Just
4: making sure, like, if they go up 2-1, they're not saying, hey, come on, put one on our net. We need a draw here.
3: <laughs> Has to be a win draw, specifically. Terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, questions. Let's do this. Roy Smalley, usually right now, but he's going to join us at 12-15, by the way. But let's start with a
4: little baseball, because... I love how this game works. You guys mentioned earlier winning two of three against the Indians, beating Kluber, beating Carrasco, and now the worst you can do against Boston is two of three unless you get the sweep today, beating Sale, beating Price last night with lineups including Adrianza, (laughs) Motter. Garver, gray Lamar, hair, gray hair for Grossman, Man. even the murderers roll like Dozier as he's been, or Maurer, or whoever else. All those guys that have been just solid sticks all year and frankly for a lot more uh, as the Minnesota Twins. So, A, do you believe in this club after this streak any more than you did after they lost two of three in Detroit? And B,
1: explain it. How do you beat those four pitchers with the lineups that you've been putting out? Uh, I'll take a stab at this first. I do believe <laughs> more. In, I think there is middle ground to say I do believe more in the team, but I'll stop short of saying let's start printing Homer Hankies for two thousand eighteen. So, I this this team still has the DNA of a team that got really hot after the All Star break yes, uh, last season, and that went and played the Yankees in a playoff game. So they they do have some of the, those components to them. Um, how do they beat? the best pitchers in the American League. Because baseball's funny like that. Sometimes Variance. Variance. It's true. <laughs> goaltending? It's true. <laughs> Hot goaltending. It's okay. Um I think like if if Chris Sale were to this is this is how I mean variance is actually a good word for it. Because if the best team in baseball were to play the worst team in baseball 162 times, the worst team would still win forty to sixty times. I don't know. Maybe more than that, depending on matchups. So you're gonna you're gonna flip coins in a lot of those games. Uh, and the Twins are not the worst team in baseball. The Twins are somewhere somewhere around the slightly below average mark, playing the the best team in baseball and the best pitcher. So like you're just gonna you're just gonna win those games. It's not like a quarterback, uh, Tom Brady against the Cleveland Browns, where you're just gonna win that game 97 times out of 100. Um, so I'm going to go with variance. Yes, variance is why the Twins are beating
0: Corey Kluber and Chris Sale and the Eds. The hashtag Eds. The Eds are definitely it helps a to have why the Eds. Yes, does. Uh, no, I don't believe. Uh, I've just seen. I've seen too much on both sides to to buy into this right now. And the only way I can explain it is, is to go back to the explanation that I always give for a team like this. The Minnesota Twins are are the person that you work with. Who has bad day after bad day, and you finally think they're going to get their comeuppance and get fired, and then they do something spectacular at work and they save their job for two weeks, and in two weeks' time they're back to being they're back to being a terrible employee. Do you have anyone you'd like to call out? And you are shaking your head and you're saying, "What the hell?" They they every time they that you're like, "Okay, this is them. This is they're done now." They beat, as you just said, Kluber and Carrasco. So. I can't explain it. It drives me crazy, so I'll just be quiet and watch. I'll just sit back and watch them.
4: Hey. They're the Reavers of Major League Baseball is what you're saying.
1: Do we have the conversation about moving the first baseman from St. Paul and eating salary? No. No. Are you an idiot? I'm just why asking a question. <laughs> He's your best player. Okay. Why would you eat salary? Pat, they're 8-25. and 25. <laughs> Yeah, but why would you eat salary? When you you can't trade him because he actually has value right now. Yeah, but you can't trade him. He's got a no trade.
4: Every Wednesday, Pat's had enough of him. You want to can him? Then he he does host the beer show tomorrow. (laughs) Can him on Wednesday? Nice job
1: with the beer show. All right, and now it's the weekend. So I guess we'll just go just see what happens. (laughs) Exactly. Okay.
4: That Thursday night beer show has been saving him for years. (laughs) Good for him. And all that free beer he gets,
1: I'm bitter. Never (laughs) shares it. Yes. Good pun. You're bitter. About the beer.
0: Very I like good. Very nice. you. I Why don't you offer it. to
1: trade your Saturday morning slot for hosting the beer show? It's not a bad
0: idea, actually. Have you ever thought about that? I have not until right now when you just told me that. It's a good idea. I'll make, go yourself, to uh, make yourself...
1: You know, available on Thursday nights. <laughs> Make that happen. Zolgad
0: um, was arrested driving home from his duties <laughs> on 1500
1: ESPN. Well, you could Uber home on Thursday nights <laughs> and then Uber back to the station on Friday <laughs> morning. Can your I car. just call you? Can call you, leave you? Your car the can you drive
0: me home?
4: <laughs> Speaking of the beer show, that is tonight, 6 o'clock. Uh, once we get to the first pick of the NBA draft, we will be moving on to full draft cover. That should probably be around 6.30 or so this evening. The Wolves pick number 20 tonight at least that's the plan they'll make that pick we'll see what happens if they keep the player make a deal uh, i want you guys to prognosticate we talked to doogie earlier in the week we just talked to johnny k you've done a lot of reading a lot of listening a lot of speaking about it yourselves what is the timberwolves headline that we will address tomorrow morning and will that be the biggest wolves headline of the offseason
0: Oh, uh, it is the headline that we are going to see tomorrow, although I do think that they will seriously discuss trading that pick. I believe that they will, I'm going to go with, they will take the Villanova kid. The 3 and D kid. DiVincenzo? DiVincenzo. I think they'll take him at 20, and that will not be the biggest headline of the summer. Because cats up, up for the max max contract at some point in time, right? In the coming months, that seems like a foregone conclusion. I think yeah, that's, that's that's not. Oh, but, but it's still the biggest headline. headline. Nah. Okay, but that's still the not biggest headline. Cause cause All right. Well, than you asked you, yeah. you, ask, you ask me what I thought would be the biggest one, and, and I do think that that oh, would be and the biggest one. That's why I'm the editor because, then, because I tell you it's not. Then, oh, thank you very much. It's very good. Thank <laughs> you. This is Zolgan: colon. This is a big headline. This is why. This is why Dave helps so much.
1: so this answer could use a comma.
0: Okay. All right. So no, I'm going to put a period there. Hold on. Pause dramatic effect, <laughs> then yes, this will be the biggest headline. I don't think they're going to do a damn thing. They're going to claim that they might make some moves, but I don't think it's going to be substantial. Not with contracts. Uh, maybe
1: the headline will be Gary is scary. <laughs> Gary Trent Jr. falling to number 20. Little little uh, combo guard. Can you help with that one? Dave? I mean, um, that's John Sterling right there. I think you could rip it right off. The Sanchino! Yeah. <laughs> Was DiVincenzo the guy on our ESPN's the grade A mock from yesterday where the potential, his best potential attribute was perimeter defense. I think it was him, right? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe that was Gary Trenge. I don't know. But either way. It doesn't really matter. I think that, and I don't, I think you have to ask, will that be a bigger headline than when they sign like Joe Harris to part of the mid-level exception? (laughs) Thank you. So those are going to be the two headlines. I don't think they trade Wiggins. I don't think they trade for Kawhi. I do think they're going to sign Cat to a max extension, but if we take that off the board, it'll be a coin flip of sort of boring headlines. Could I see them moving Gorgy Jang and maybe uh I don't know, like but those are those aren't big headlines. They're all they're all just going to be very sea level sort of uh sure, just Deep into the headlines. sports section headlines. Yeah. Yeah, it would be great if they We're to find a way to, if if talks between the Lakers and the Spurs weren't going well, if you could find a way to bring Kawhi Leonard into the mix for one year. But there's zero chatter about that other than on this show. This is just purely reckless speculation. (laughs) Oh, wait a second. Oh, we just... Wait a second. It's Gurney Watch. Gurney Watch? 2018. I think he's up now. Oh, he's up. He's up. Ah. Yeah. This guy from Peru. Ah. Actually, you know what? There was one earlier during a commercial break. Oh. <laughs> Guy from Peru. Oh. <laughs> Guy from Peru gets tapped in the back by somebody on the France team. A nudge. And it looked like, from his reaction, jumping in the air forward with his arms, with his limbs out, like a grenade Uh-oh. went off behind him.
0: Guy just went down again. Oh, we have another one.
1: Went watch. Down. Oh, no. Dude, this is what cards. happens now. They're yellow cards, cards for all of them. We're in the 83rd minute, and this is a must-draw game for Peru down by a goal. All the, oh, there it is. There's oh, guy, yes. my. goal. my legs
3: might be broken, but I'll, I'll try to stand up. Oh, yes, they are broken. Perhaps you could toss me a band-aid or some antibacterial cream. I'm in an extraordinarily large amount
2: of
1: pain. The bone has gone through the skin. Nope, never mind. No yellow card. I'm back up. I am back up now. Right, this has been Gurney Watch 2018 on the Mackie and Judge Show, letting you know about the excessive flopping during the World Cup.
2: <laughs>
1: now guys back to have questions. Seen the photos of a guy that certainly looks an
4: awful lot like Kevin McHale at the Donald Trump rally in Duluth, Minnesota last night. We oh. assume it is Kevin. His wife does a lot of tweeting, it seems, about uh, Donald Trump and her
1: support for the president. Loving himself some MAGA last night.
4: Yeah, and a lot of people have been tweeting about seeing Kevin McHale and about how it's broken their hearts and cussing him out on Twitter, which is absolutely ridiculous. People get a life, don't cuss him out just because he has different politics than you. That's really
1: stupid. Anyway... Brought wow. you by Dave Harrigan. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. <laughs> and, now and now the question about abortion that Dave's going to ask. Go ahead, Dave. Anyway. Pro or con? Yeah. Agree or disagree, don't
4: call the guy a bleeple. Um, here's the question. I actually disagree with that. And I'm going to tell
1: you why. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> In the noon hour. Do you remember At 12:56. the... 1256.
4: Do you remember the first time, or maybe it's just the most memorable time,
1: an athlete you loved broke your heart yes it's happened many times it's happened with some professional wrestlers hulk hogan yeah. with his nwo comments about yeah <laughs> with his comments about the wcw good guys <laughs> and the other ones yep uh and then he went on a rant about black people using the n-word about two years ago and was,
0: was i was gonna say that was pretty recent from
1: w.com yeah Ray Carruth really broke my heart too. I was a really big Ray Carruth fan. <laughs> Shut up! But in all, but in all, in, in all seriousness, Tiger Woods infidelities got me for a couple of days there in two thousand nine or ten. Whenever that news came out, whatever it was, because I cause I grew up a huge Tiger Woods fan. You got to remember, like I grew up Winston a huge Max Tiger Woods is fan. Shaking his head too. And Tiger to that point, yep. had zero controversies. Yep, I don't squeaky clean. He was. Uh, the only controversies were like him getting too close to the boom mics on the golf course and dropping a, an untoward word of some kind. And then we found out it wasn't just, oh, he's having a rough time with his wife and maybe there was like one gal in the mix. There were 20 of them! <laughs> they were and they ra- worked at Denny's! They were
0: waitresses. And his
1: standards for who he would cheat with were low. Like, come on, dude! <laughs> Is that what really what broke your heart? kicking off the Perkins, the gal who sold you a muffin behind uh, the counter at Perkins. That's oh. a mammoth Let's muffin, go in though. the back.
0: He was a risk taker.
1: <laughs> I, I don't, he enjoyed the I risk.
4: Oh, those double chocolate ones are so good. <laughs> they actually are. Oh, really they're
1: incredible. Mm. <laughs> so I would say Tiger Woods legit let me down. I don't know if broke my heart is the right way, but he let me down big time a few years ago. No longer the squeaky clean guy that I th- thought I was idolizing when I was a teenager.
0: This goes back a long, long time, and it's very rare that athletes have disappointed me because I don't expect much from people. Um, but in the early 80s, when when I was at, at the zenith of my street hockey goaltending ways, the Flyers had a goaltender. His name was Pelly Lindbergh. And on a Saturday night, he drove home drunk and wrapped his, I think, Porsche around a light pole and killed himself. Mm. I was extremely upset about it. Like, I had never, I don't remember until then ha- having an athlete die in his mm. prime, and I liked goaltenders a lot, and I'm dead serious. I was, like, very, very upset about the fact that this guy killed himself driving drunk home. And after that, I decided I'm never going to invest mm. myself again in any of these guys. What about when Shawn Michaels super kicked Marty
1: Jannetty through the barbershop yeah. window? Never get over it.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, How could you? The barbershop window?
1: Yeah. You are not familiar Jen? <laughs> oh, I have no Actually, idea. I think like he super kicked him first and then threw him face
0: first through the window. It was two different moves. Was this Barkley like in Milwaukee when he took the patron and threw him through the window? No, it was a barbershop, not a bar. Yeah, it was a barbershop
1: and imagine oh, imagine, imagine if it was one of your best friends that you did this to. Yeah. Someone that you were close with for like 10 years. Yes. You rocked with hard. <laughs> You wore tassels on your arms together. I'm telling you guys, super tight about a guy pants.
0: That killed himself, drunk driving, and you give me Shawn Michaels. Marty Janetti did live, by the way,
1: barely though. Barely, <laughs> barely.
0: Flying well- to next We will return shortly.
3: Man, isn't this the greatest? On
2: 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey.
0: If you need him, it's trouble. Why so, is it trouble? So two is because he's young, and he's going to struggle at times. Judd Zolgad. I changed my thought from a half hour ago. You are a bad person.
2: Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
1: 1500 ESPN has your chance to see Tag in
4: theaters for one month every year. Five highly competitive friends. Hit the ground running in a no-holds-barred game of tag they've been playing since the first grade. This year, the game coincides with the wedding of the only undefeated player, hopefully making him an easy target, but he knows they're coming, and he's ready. Tag, it's in theaters now. Win your pass to see it right now on the 1500 ESPN Stream Player. All
1: right, I just showed Judd. I love when we get to talk about old-school wrestling and get to bring things to Judd's life that he's not... We just showed Judd the footage of Shawn Michaels throwing Marty Janetti through a glass window on the barbershop set. How traumatic what is did
0: you that? Think? Uh, incredibly traumatic. Never saw it coming. And he pulled him in and they went for the hug? Yeah, I thought they yes. needed to. Yeah. What year was this approximately? Oh
1: man, this is probably like 1991, 92 oh, uh, somewhere in re- there. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this is this is pretty old I love school. the
0: haircuts. They are fantastic. Yeah, party in the The bullets basically.
1: Business in the front, party in the back. Oh. We gotta get you some heartbreak uh, tights like that too. Oh no, no, that's okay. To Dave's question: Did people feel let down when the Kirby Puckett stuff came out? When the when the SI story came out? What year did that come out? Kirby was still alive when that came out. <laughs> yeah,
0: right? yeah. Kirby was in fact was that around two thousand that that came out? Because no. it was a Frank. I think Frank Deford, the late Frank Deford, wrote it, and I want to say it, it was the early two thousands. Here's the thing with Puck. By that time, though. It it had become complicated because the way his career ended was so traumatic. Mm -hmm. I think people were disappointed. But I also think there was a feeling by that time of sadness towards Kirby. Because it's not like Kirby had 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 his career end in this great fashion. And then, oh my gosh, this expose comes out. So I think it was really complicated because of how Puckett's career had come to, to an end. And the fact that you felt so bad about that. Because, you know, you wake up one day blind, but essentially in one eye. So it wasn't as if Puck had had gone off into the sunset with a great ear. And then we found out that he was a bad guy. So I think it it was far more complicated than just people being mad about that. Yeah. I think they felt bad.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think of others that that come into this category, too, of... uh, Disappointments? That just let let you down. If and, And people do feel that way about Kevin McHale today. Because it's it's as divisive in this country well, as it's right, ever been. Politics, and he has been. Well, it's, and and now it's not just well, politics. We're talking about humanity. And sure, uh,
0: the difference is this: I don't think the expectation of of athletes now is that high. Because I remember when it came out that Mantle was basically a drunk. People were like Mickey Mantle's a There were a lot of adults who were beside themselves because they had grown up with this ide- idealization of Mickey Mantle being this hero and baseball player who was just you know beyond reproach. And then we found out. I've always said Brett Favre is another one too with pills and I've always said infidelities. This. I've always said I'd be very curious if CNN and Fox News had been around when JFK was president because you know, the perception of JFK is walks on water, right? What if, what if these 24 hour news networks had been around back then? Because in the 50, in the forties, fifties, sixties, if we idolized you, we thought you were fantastic. No faults, which is not fair.
1: Yeah. It's so much harder to, it's so much harder to fake being a good person in 2018. It's just going to, something's going to come out. And, um, I mean you could take that same theory and apply it to way more than just JFK, right? Most definitely. You could apply it to athletes, you could apply it to regular people or whatever, like newspaper writers, you paparazzi could
0: it- would follow all those people around now and they didn't exist back then.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um I would say um Babe Ruth would be another guy who like is beloved because yeah. you hear about the stories, but yeah. if like if Babe Ruth lived his life now, so we we'd be we'd hammer him for not being in shape, we'd hammer him for cheating He'd be in Fort on his Myers wife. Right now, yeah, I don't think so because he at least still hits the baseball.
0: <laughs> He'd be sent down ba- to four Myers.
1: Babe Ruth, by the way, uh, people think oh he's a strikeout slugger, right? He hit like seven hundred plus home runs, but also Babe Ruth barely struck out. Maybe relative to the era, he struck out sure. a lot. But Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth only struck out. Babe Ruth struck out percentage of at bats like one quarter of the amount that Miguel Sano does, or one third the amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he would he would be viewed in a much different light if he was the same guy and playing today. You say wait a second. The guy doesn't take himself seriously as an athlete. The guy is cheating on his wife. He's these you know vulgar pointing at the bleachers yeah. and showing up pitchers, right? Might have right? flipped his bat once or twice. Violated every unwritten rule that we've ever known. Right, right. Uh on baseball, let's you know we were talking about this off the air. We'll talk to Roy Smalley in about 20 minutes, but Baseball has a couple really things going right now that are really good things going right now that nobody, unless you're a diehard fan or a fantasy baseball player, you probably wouldn't even know. And it's all part of the grouping of things that they need to fix. Let's talk about it when we come back. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout.
0: Coffee break. Gotta hurry if we want to get a seat. On
2: 1500 ESPN.
1: This holiday, whether you're making a baker's simple truth turkey for 40, or a Murray's baked brie for two. Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. restrictions may apply.
4: Get more ways to save at the buy five or more save one dollar each sale. just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card.
2: Bakers, fresh for everyone.